0: You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side
1: B. All right, so this is Side B of Clock Radio Speakers. Uh, Side A, we talked about a a lot of random stuff. (laughs) We went from uh, Five Guys to uh, Jay-Z's song Spiritual to... um, I don't want to say the epidemic, but the... uh, that's, That's the wrong word, but the... The uh, growing problem. The, uh, I see. Or the, the growing
0: awareness. The, I like
1: that word. I like that phrase. The increased and growing awareness of police shootings in America. We, go. um, we got, we got a little serious on, uh, on, uh, on Side A, but that's, that's okay. Sometimes, sometimes we get serious on Clark Speakers. And frankly, I'm going to be out of town for a bit and I'm not going to do Plead the Fourth until later this month. So, you know. Yeah. Plug
0: plug your Plead the Fourth because I didn't even know, uh, that y'all did a new episode yeah, until. We, we,
1: we made a return. Um, we, return. we uh, <laughs> <laughs> go to fourthdistrict.com or uh, follow, go to uh, I think soundcloud.com slash fourth district um, we post it up there um, you know we uh, we try to talk about we've been we've been talking a lot this year when we have recorded about um, you know uh, about the presidential election and uh, all that I don't want to say nonsense because it's not nonsense because yes. it's really it, all that je- no because it's really important um, I know people are sick of hearing it I know a lot of people are sick of hearing about Trump and I know there's a number of people who don't want to hear anything about Hillary but we're talking about two people who one of them is going to lead the United States for the next four, if not eight years. Yeah. So, it matters. So, we talk about that on Complete the Fourth. Go check that out. Um, but Side B, um, we have an album to review. Yep.
0: Well, you do. <laughs>
1: I do. But I'm, I'm going to draw you in. <laughs> you, you always do. Right. Um, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. But like, I get it. Yeah, it's cool. All right. I want to uh, talk about you, man, Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy
0: Quincy. Schoolboy um, Quentin. <laughs> what does the Q stand for?
1: Uh, I think it's Quincy. Okay. Schoolboy Quincy. So the last album was Oxymoron. Yep. It came out two and a half years ago. It's been Jesus a while. Did it? Yeah. Wow. I mean, Collard Greens came out over three years ago. Yeah. Um, I feel like Oxymoron, you and I didn't like that as much as uh, Habits and Contradictions. Is that right? Y- yeah. I feel like it was mixed. We were, you know, we both liked Collard Greens, which didn't seem to do anything. I didn't like...
0: It did a little something. It did a
1: little something. A little, little bubble guts. I, I didn't like Studio, which people seemed to really like.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was his biggest record.
1: Right. <laughs> and it's funny because that actually plays into a song that, that appears on this next album. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, he had some singles that kind of went for a little while. Like Studio had a nice little life and uh, Hell of a Night had a decent little life. and
0: um, I, think, I think Collard Greens did all right. I mean... The fact that the album came out two and a half years ago and he was able, he stretched that album a lot. Yeah, he did. And and that is a lost art in today's music business, well, not music business as much, but definitely in hip hop, you know, where your album is forgotten about by the, if it comes out on a Friday, people aren't listening to it by that Monday. Right. He did a great job of stretching his album out and making it successful, especially in a climate where all eyes were on his label mate Kendrick Lamar Mm. he he sort of ASAP ferg his way in um, where Rocky's the star but you know this guy carves out his own lane as well
1: yeah and he's kind of like the uh, he is the the people's champ of uh, yeah of TDE much like uh, Meek Mill is the people's champ of uh, of uh, MMG Mm and same thing with uh, Ferg yep people always always want to champion the number two yeah Yep. but um so oxymoron was it w- it was an interesting album you know he had a lot of tracks that kind of could have appeared on there didn't appear on it. the actual like regular album was only 12 tracks had all these bonus ones and it felt like something where they were kind of recording a lot of material and they settled on something i don't know if they really got the right mix but it, it certainly wasn't a bad album or anything like that um but blink the blinkface face album he's been working, which is what we're talking about today Blinkface face lp um he's been working on this pretty much since you know the last one came out mm. Um, and uh so this is his second uh one that his second album that 's on Interscope and uh you know it was so the first single was groovy tony um which i don 't even remember coming out shows you how much I pay attention to schoolboy but the second i think that was more like the warm up the the single that 's actually out is is that part with Kanye mm-hmm. which what well, we 'll talk about in a second the interesting choice for a single. Um if it didn't have Kanye on I don't know if that'd be a single.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna wait and yeah. reserve my judgment for cause you've got track by track notes, right? Yeah, I do. I literally have like three things to say about this album. That's cool.
1: Um so we can that's I mean I, I want to talk i wanna talk about it because I think um I think that was just
0: hilariously dismissive,
1: but in, was a in a funny a, way. In a funny way. I, I'm not I'm not offended by any means. I thought it was funny. Um I think actually sonically it's my favorite word uh if you have that in your clock ready speakers board take a drink um sonically this is an interesting album for TDE because um we've talked about before how there doesn't really there often isn't like a like even though they're kind of a crew if i told you describe the tde sound might be a l- it might be a little difficult yeah um especially with kendrick kind of going off into his to to put butterfly direction
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: um but to me, I think what we hear with this is sort of a, a, a melting pot of these various TDE sounds, um, especially on some records where it'll alternate. It'll be like a really hard beat, but then like you'll get some live instrumentation on the hook. And obviously, there's a rich history in the West Coast of adding live instrumentation uh, to music. But I think I think there are a couple of songs in here where I'm like, oh, OK, I kind of see. It. And there are some songs outright where like there's a part there's like a first half of the song and a second half of the song. And it's like, the first half is like, this sounds like Schoolboy Q. The second half, oh, this kind of sounds more like Kendrick Lamar. So, it it kind of has me curious as to what, what they're kind of cooking up for the rest of their guys. Right? Like, what we're going to hear from Kendrick. Because you get a lot of the regular TDE guys on here. There's a lot of Soundwave. Um, Tay Beast is on here. Um, Dahi's on here. Um, you also have a, a good amount of uh, Cardo. Who Soundwave? Is, yeah, Soundwave. Okay. Uh, Cardo, who's all over the place now. Um you know, Metro's on here, Alchemist is on here, but there's a there's a nice mix of people who are on here. So, um, we can start with track one, which is "Torch" uh featuring Anderson Pac. Um, yeah, Anderson Park's an interesting guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first time I heard him, I think the first time m- most people heard him was on Compton. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I liked him in spots on Compton, mm-hmm. but he has such a unique voice. I don't know if I love that voice for like a whole album but i know that there are people who swear by his album
0: yeah um you had a chance to get into that no well when it came out it came out in the winter time and it was obviously a summer album Hmm. and since i've been out here being a dad (laughs) i haven't like went back to listen to it um but from what i remember there were definitely some dope records on there but it was very much like it was like listening to a game album where the talent is obviously there the production is obviously there, but it's like so much that you kind of want it to be scaled back, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: I think that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah, because, you know, the documentary, too, has some really, really dope records on it, but I didn't need to hear 35 game records.
1: Yeah, for, you know, you and I have gone back and forth in the show about the issue of quantity versus quality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I said on the last album, he kept the 12, and then he had bonus tracks that... You know, you get some from iTunes, you get some from this place. I think that now that we're sort of even more firmly in the era of streaming, I suspect that will probably kind of go away. Although probably. I could see a future where like, oh, I've got some Spotify exclusives or I've got some title exclusives mm-hmm. or I've got some album music. But right now it's, it seems to be more like whole album exclusivity. So like having the idea of having Best Buy bonus tracks in 2016 just seems kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a couple of years ago, that was still a thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so first track is Torch, uh, which is a cool song. Um, it's, you know, Schoolface, uh, Schoolface, Schoolboy's out. is, <laughs> <Schoolface>. <laughs> I'm officially an old man.
0: <laughs> yep. That's in there with Joe Burton.
1: <laughs> what's, what's his name?
0: Schoolface? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and that concludes this episode. No. Um, so Schoolboy's sound is definitively darker than yeah. Kendrick's mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he makes it really clear, like right up front, he's not changing anything, but this is a cool track. Um, and I, I like uh, Anderson Park when he is a feature on other people's albums, and I realize that is damning with faint praise. But you know, I kind of look at it as like you know, when you make a meal, like sometimes you want like some seasoning on top. It doesn't yeah. mean I want to dump out half the can of half the little canister of garlic pepper on my on my chicken. Right. I want a little bit on top. Yeah. And Anderson Park is. A nice seasoning. This is a terrible terrible metaphor. <laughs> he does a good job in this. I'll say that much. But I, I don't mind this song at all. But to me, he makes it really apparent. You talked about seasonality. This is not a summer album. No. There are a handful of summer-ish songs. Yeah. But overwhelmingly, this is a dark and grimy and gritty album. Yeah. And I'm not opposed to that. I, I don't know how I feel about that in July. Right. Schoolboy is definitely a fall into winter artist. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's, a,
0: he's a solid fall guy.
1: This comes out like October twentieth, November 10th, or whatever. Like, okay, I get it. Yeah. July? Eh. Um, but uh, but Torch is cool. I'm not mad at it when I've listened to the album a couple times. It I I, I let it play through, which again, damn it with faint praise, but that's a good sign. Um track two is Lord Have Mercy with your man Swiss Beats. Oh, this is the Swiss record? Produced by Swiss. Swiss on ad libs in the hook. Huh, um, I, mean, I love this sample. I figured, um, you would. yeah, and you know, Swiss killed this. Um, you know, honestly, like it. I mean, maybe because it's, it's Swiss in this particular sample. I mean, it's only a minute and forty-four seconds, but right. like I, you know, I kind of wanted to hear a New York rapper on this. Come on, Swiss, stop hold, stop holding back.
0: <laughs> who, 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 who does this record? I've run when it New York because because
1: hear? he's elsewhere on this album. I think Jadakiss could do this. Hmm. Um. But, uh, you're right. A New York rapper in, like, 97 could do this. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, I love this little, you know, it should be called an interlude, but it's not. But, uh, I kind of wish the song was longer. Like, I was ready for, I was ready for, you know, more, more verses. Um, so let's talk, we could talk real quick about that part, though. Um, the single with Kanye, produced by Cardo, Q-Beats, Soundwave, and it looks like there's some additional stuff, I'm guessing, the part at the end from Kanye and Noah Goldstein. Um... I didn't really like the song when it came out, but it's growing on me. Okay. Um, even, um, even Kanye's part.
0: <sighs> yeah, his verse is really bad on him. Not going to lie.
1: Yeah. Um, looks like sci High has a writing credit, so you can blame Cy High for that. I will. <laughs> when you see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I see him, he's going to have a serious problem. Wh- Wag your finger. You, sir. <laughs> I've got a list. What were you thinking?
0: You got to roll it out like a scroll, like a medieval <laughs> scroll.
1: You got to get like the little, like the little half glasses, and have them like punch down your nose a little bit, like you're really yes! trying. To, you're like I was gonna say either monocle, but I like the little tiny glasses
0: like on the, the half bridge. Gla- of your yeah, nose. the half
1: glasses that kind of like perch down on the end of the nose, <laughs> and you got to wiggle them around to like adjust them. <laughs> <laughs> really take your time, like oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Like really slide them up and down. You got to like you're you're like holding the scroll farther and closer away, trying to get that light. Got to also
0: got to have a you got to have a pipe got to have a, a a pipe with
1: some tobacco in it. And clearly, I just recently watched *The Princess Bride*. Um, of course, you did. Great movie. Of course, you did. Classic. You kids old enough for *Princess Bride*? Uh
0: my daughter might be next year. That's a great movie. Yeah, my daughter might be next year. I yeah. mean, even Little Giants had some uh, some sexual tension between Icebox and Oh Boy that I wasn't really <laughs> a Divine big fan of. Sexual there. tension. <laughs> so there's one play, there's one scene where uh, Icebox uh, tackles him. She she uh, she uh, she sacks him. Yeah. And like she's on top of him, and they're staring at each other, and then he she says something about being on top or something like that. It, there was some tension. There was some little awkward, and I'm looking at my child, I'm looking at the TV, like, uh nah, oh, no. Man.
1: You have become such a parent. What happened? That's fine. I had kids. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: had kids. I'm not doing like, man. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We'll talk about lessons learned, summer edition, like when you get back or something like that. Okay. So here's my thing with that part. Yeah. So I heard the Black Hippie remix first. Mm, oh, okay. Which is really dope. I think all four
1: of them smoked that. I feel um, like Kendrick's in such a zone. He just sort of like finds a beat and he's like, okay, doing the Kendrick thing.
0: Yep, yep. But I even like I like, I like J-Rock on there a lot. Um, I think Q's verse on the remix is better than the original and I like Soul on it. I think everybody does that thing. Um, then I heard Big Crit on it. Oh, Crit smokes it. Then I heard the original version and I was like, no, this is, no. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay.
0: No. Now, I know that's probably going to go live. Yeah.
1: That'll go live. So I get that, but the rest of the verse is just no. I just happen I um on weekends I like to do longer runs cuz I have more time. Uh so I was just happy to be, I have I was listening to this album when I went on a longer run this weekend. And some songs work better, you know, we talk about this often. Some songs work better in different contexts. Mhm. That part when I'm running, even Kanye's verse, I was like, "Yeah, all right, all right, I get it." A little, you know, it's like it might be good. It Might be good for you know, for if you if you catch it in the middle of a workout too. But um, because actually, I think Kanye, despite some, you know, let's just say lack of lyrics, I'll give him this much: like he certainly like is performing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like yep. there's a vocal energy that he brings. That you're right will work live. Yep. Because I will. That is kind of a you know sometimes schoolboy can just sound the same on songs. Hmm. And he'll try to go like into almost like a menacing kind of a tone to try to give it a switch mm-hmm. up. But yep. when it actually really works is when he does something a little different. Well, we'll talk yep. about that later. But that part I'm not mad at. Um, it's weird that this. I mean, I guess say it's weird because it's a single because it's got Kanye. To me, like putting this out as like the buzz single, like oh, you got a song with Kanye, like that's one thing. But there's some other records on here I would have rather seen as, as a single. Um, anything else on that part? Uh, also like the the it's it felt a lot like
0: um waves where you can tell waves wasn't finished mm-hmm. so they were like yeah just do stuff for the last two minutes because we well, need to stretch this out
1: the, right the song's too long uh the whole outro just doesn't need to happen yeah kanye's really falling in love with that down pitched slow like huge thumping kick drum that makes it sound like something epic's going to happen yeah um yeah
0: well, He got he caught it that one time on um uh niggas in paris hmm the, the the beat switch at the end, I think right. that was like the beginning, and now he feels like he needs to do it all the time
1: uh also um he uses it on well, i mean he's, he used it a lot but also from that era a little later though was um uh don't like oh
0: yeah you t- wait are you talking about the uh, the same one that they used on uh champions like the intro same
1: idea yeah yep yep yep, yep, I got you all right uh let's talk about groovy tony slash eddie King. um so groovy tony first song uh produced by tay beast. Um, I like this one. This this beat is hard. Um I even like Jada on it. <laughs> Again, damn <it> with Prince. <laughs> um but yeah, Jada kind of fits in on these uh you know, schoolboy likes these really hard, grimy beats, and uh is not bad on him. He's uh he's doing all
0: right. <laughs> he's he's Jadakiss. Right. You know, so it's like a a standard Jadakiss verse is always going to appease um a certain group of people and mm-hmm. is always going to be and I don't say this in a bad way, because Jade you know, Jada of course is, you know, one of the, the great MCs of our era, but it's always gonna be good enough.
1: Right, right. He yeah, he it's pretty rare when he puts in just a bad verse. Yep. Um, but um but no, Groovy Tony's this actually this whole track, this combo track is, is one of the to me it's one of the highlights of the album because like Groovy Tony's really hard. I really like that beat. It's not really something I'm gonna be listening to in July. I might need to like set some I, I this is the nerdiest thing ever. I kinda almost need to like put something on my calendar, like, you know november like whatever and be like re listen to that schoolboy album (laughs) yeah i bet you it'd be interesting when we do our end of the year when i go back and we listen to stuff you know it'll be like snowing outside or whatever and i'll be like huh schoolboy yeah but um eddie kane record um and yes uh it's supposed to you know kind of references uh dude from the five heartbeats um the song is interesting because like it really like evolves and moves as it goes along um, Dem Joints, uh he did work on um on Compton as well. And he's on the hook, he's really good on the hook. Um, I really like where this song goes as as it like as it keeps as it as the beat keeps sort of evolving, the second half of this. And yeah, I just really like it. Yeah. Anything to say about this song? No. All right. Uh No You're Wrong, uh featuring Lance Skiwalker who is the latest T D E guy. Have you heard anything from him really? I feel like
0: I have, but I can't reference anything off top.
1: Um, this uh, this is uh, an Alchemist record. Um, the first half of this sounds like one of those sort of later year primo records that has a really slow tempo. Mm. Um, it's even got like those sort of primo-esque drums. Um, but then the second half morphs into something else entirely. Um, bringing the Summer Madness sample. Just um, bringing a guitar in. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, almost to the point where like I feel like they brought in too much, but the two different halves of the song really are like, like it's, it's a good example of what I talked about earlier. It's like, okay, we've got this really hard alchemist record, but then for the first half, but then the second half, we've got this almost a pimple butterfly ish sort of thing going on with more live instrumentation. Uh, uh, you know, just more going on in the mix. Um, I'm not sure I a hundred percent love the execution, but it's interesting to see Schoolboy even trying to sort of use that sound in kind of his own way. Yeah. It's cool though. I you know it's funny because i'm i'm not knock it's not like i'm knocking it because i'm calling it a a, a, a winner album but like you know schoolboy makes certain kind of records that are really good i still feel in a, in a, in a sense like I'm, I'm still waiting for him to recreate hands on the wheel
0: yeah <laughs> mm-hmm yep
1: <laughs> and maybe it's just that beat was so great yeah um that combination just kind of worked but um but no um there's a whole string of just like really really hard records and i I kind of wonder, especially because the second half sort of really kind of starts to switch it up. I-, I wonder if different sequencing might help this album. Because this next record, Ride Out, with Vince Staples, produced by Soundwave, this beat is hard. And I'm not a huge Vince Staples fan, but I like what he did here. But the problem is, like, this is now, like, the sixth hard song in a row. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And... If that's what you're looking for that's that's cool but um but no i i really like this record. did you get a chance to listen to this one?
0: Yeah, but I don't remember it so okay, so just just yeah. let let's hey. just talk about Armand and schoolboy q
1: okay, this is a good time to do that
0: um because you're just gonna keep going through these records and i'm gonna do you have anything to say no <laughs> okay schoolboy the okay, so schoolboy is not for me, and there are some records on here that I don't remember. And then I also went back and listened to Oxymoron. Um that like, I want to like, like, I want to like break the bank from Oxymoron, but I just don't. Hmm. Um, I want to like gangster from Oxymoron. Cause that beat is stupid, but I just don't like the song. I don't want to listen to it. Pat. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's Schoolboy's rapping voice. I don't know if it, he sounds like he raps better than like, the way that he raps and what he's actually saying are two completely different tiers. So he sounds like he's rapping, like and saying some crazy stuff, but then when you listen to what he's saying, he's not saying anything.
1: Yeah. He's not a, uh, technically complicated rapper in any sense of the word. And I don't need, I don't need that. I honestly, it's too
0: hot to listen to technical rappers right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to hear that, but we talked about, uh, Kanye earlier. I mean, Jesus, we've talked about Kanye at length. Understatement on this show. But Kanye, in the early days, tried to be a technically um, advanced, complicated rapper. Punchlines, metaphors, you know. Like, he was trying to, but he really wasn't. Like, mayonnaise, color bins, I push miracle whips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so many aunties, you thought we have an auntie team. But he... Probably starting with graduation and even in um, going to uh, uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy, he, he catches these waves where like he's either really bad or he's really, really good. And he's not terribly um, uh, complex as an MC. I think when it works, sometimes it works and sometimes he's not able to put it all together. That's why I don't like the uh, No More Parties in LA verse. Because lyrically, it's cool, but like his flow is sloppy. He's slurring over words like he's chasing after the beat and especially coming after Kendrick, who was like just on top of that beat, just all over the place, slicing and dicing everything. And then for people to say, well, Kanye had the better verse. He watched Kendrick. But for Schoolboy, it's like technically he's a good rapper. I don't know if I'm a big fan of his rapper voice. Um, but he rides beats well, he tries different flows. Yeah. Um, like there's nothing wrong with him. I can't say schoolboy is whack by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm just not privy to listen to any of these records. Um, even the um and I'm 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 getting a little ahead of, yeah. of you, but the, the metro record.
1: Right, right, right. That beat is hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: I just don't wanna hear it.
1: Well, like that. Part of it is, and I realize this, like, especially as I'm going through it, like, I, this is a problem I have as I get older. It's just like the content. Yep <laughs>
0: that that's a, that's another thing. And I said this about ASAP Rocky's album, but he, I can hear the
1: drugs. That doesn't bother me so much. Um, it, it's like it's, God, this is this is the just the most terrible thing to say, but it's like you know, going back and listening to the hip hop of our youth, I feel like it's so much more obvious now. You know, the rampant misogyny and everything Mm -hmm, else mm -hmm. um but you can to me my brain can still although who knows how that how long that will last can still sort of draw a line and say yeah yeah but yeah but it's catchy or it's done well or whatever else i i feel like i feel like schoolboy is a competent rapper who has a decent ear for beats i just don't really feel like he's doing anything notably like creative with some of these songs at all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. It's like A plus B equals C. Yep. Now yep. there are some records here that actually kinda work. But yep. like there's a lot of songs in here where it's like I got a hard beat, I'm gonna rap about like the same five things that I've been rapping about. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the beat well and I might say something a little clever and that's it. And like mm-hmm. that but the thing is that's what a, that there's there are a sizable number of hip hop fans. That's what they want at a hip hop. Absolutely. And so they're listening to me right now thinking I'm crazy. Yeah,
0: because there's a lot of rappers. And here's, here's, my, here's my beef as a rappity rap, lyrical, schmirical nerd guy. There's a lot of people that people say are lyrical who are not lyrical by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and by lyrical, because I think there's different forms of being lyrical. I don't think lyrical is one thing, um, but they are doing like acrobatics. They are, this is an N one mixtape of, <laughs> of bars and it's just not. And I don't want to say, <sighs> and, and so when I hear that, cause I agree with you on, on like the, the content, the older I get, and then it's even more prevalent when my kids are in a car, oh, sure. when my nephews are in the car, like, you know, I talked about it earlier about Apple music, having clean versions I've been on title for the last two months. Apple or a title makes it really easy to get. I'm sorry. A uh, title makes it really easy to find clean versions as well. I'm listening to clean versions now when kids aren't in the car. Mm. I just don't want to hear it anymore. Um, so now, and then even like listening to old older stuff, I'm like, Oh my God, I was listening to this. At, there's no way. And my father was buying me these, <laughs> these albums. There's no way. My daughter would come to me and say, "Hey, Dad, uh, can
1: I have the infamous?" No. I I was I was listening to some random playlist the other day, and "Ain't No Fun" comes on, and yep, I was just like, "I mean, the thing is, it's 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 still a great song. It's terrible though. It's a it's a classic record, but it's it's terrible. Just terrible. Yep, yep, absolutely. (sighs) Oh man, absolutely, absolutely. So it's so habits and contradictions, indeed." yeah
0: so exactly, exactly, exactly. so you know, I don't want to hear to talk to bring him back the schoolboy. I agree with you, and I wouldn't even give him five things that he talks about. Hmm. um, I don't want to hear that for seventeen tracks right to have the one or two deep songs
1: at the end of the album, or even the switch up sonically, like I think it's the combination of like he definitely has a preferred sound, mm-hmm, the combination of that plus. The content, like there's just not enough of a switch up for me a lot of the times. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. and it's funny because like we say that, and yet you know that one of you know one uh, a classic album is something like Mob Deep, Mob Deep, Hel- Hell on Earth. Yeah, which people have some detractors have, have said sounds like one incredibly long song. Yep, and maybe it's just because we grew up with it, so we think it's great. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I I think I understand what you're saying.
0: Yep. Yep, I agree. Hell on, a great, Hell on Earth is a great example because Hello, on Earth took me a while to get into because I didn't hear it when it came out. Mm. Um, I was an infamous guy and then all I heard was Still Shining and G.O.D. Part 3 and Hello, on Earth. That's all I needed. Honestly, Still Shining is one of my favorite records of all time. Um, to the point where nothing else on that album compares until, you know, I go back and hear Apostles' Warning and stuff like that. Drop a gem on him and drop a gem. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard drop a gem on him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. My bad. My bad on forgetting drop a gem on him. But yeah, I think if if thirty one year old my thirty one year old Armand hears Hell on Earth for the first time, I'm not crazy about it. Because it's like Prodigy's rapping about the same thing, Havoc's beats are like the same sort of dark. And and even like a, a, a with the the, sin, the the sinister tone that they have, it's just like this is getting a little repetitive. I,
1: I'll I'll defend I'll defend that album with two things that I think are different, but it's also show, shows my age. I think, frankly, like Prodigy '96 is a better rapper than Schoolboy Q in 2016, and, far away. and away. And Havoc in '96 is a better producer than most of what we got going on here. It's not say that he got those bad beats, but Havoc in '96 was unbelievable. Sure, sure. Um, so so, at the
0: end of the day, if we can talk about, because I think this still even holds true now with just some of our, our musical choices, if we're honest, um, we are willing to forgive and forego content, uh, consistency in sound and uh, topics, lyrically, flows, patterns, cadences, et cetera, et cetera, if it's good. Right.
1: Right. I think that's something that people often overlook when they talk about like, oh, well, this person's really saying, like, it sounds terrible. It's like, oh, this person's saying something positive. And like, yep. the first thing you come back to, because ultimately it's music and you go, but is it, is it dope? it don't like, yep. but I think the same thing applies to any, any way that you are communicating or any way that you're expressing art form. Like you could, you could have the most heartfelt thoughts about what is going on with police brutality in America but at a certain extent it's like well did you write it well? Yep. You know, yep. like it, if you didn't write it well but you're trying to get it published. Like just because it has really heartfelt and, and 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 you know, and you're and you have all the and you're expressing yourself in like every way that you possibly can, it doesn't mean that people are going to want to read it. Yep. And the same applies to music. Absolutely. And so then the flip side applies like you could be a really great writer and if you're not really writing about anything, but you're doing something clever, you've got an interesting way of writing or whatever, like that can carry through a lot. yeah technical ability matters
0: Yep. yeah, okay. absolutely All right,
1: absolutely. Well, now that we've said all that, let's talk about an actual switch up on this album, which is uh whatever you want with uh Candace, I think it's Pelé. Um, sure who was on um who's on compton um produced by by Tay Beast. Um, we actually get a little funky. Um we get a different kind of hook, we get a different kind of beat and Schoolboy isn't rapping over ominous production and it's good. It works. It mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. He can do this. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is there's a couple other records like this that are different and a little funkier and that's what makes like him putting <laughs> him putting out Groovy Tony and that part is the first two songs from this I'm like,
0: "Really?" Yeah, but remember, Studio was like the fourth single. <laughs> it's It's almost like some rappers are more concerned with their image or their how the record is going to make them uh, be perceived or whatever. Right. So they sort of fight this idea, I don't want to put this record out. But number one, you made it. Right. Number two, it's probably going to feed, you know, your family. You know what I'm saying? If you you have signed a record deal, then you understand that you are in the business side of the music business. And the purpose of a business is to generate money. So you would do things that will cause you to generate money. And rappers and artists just have this thing about, oh, I want to maintain the integrity of the music. And that's great. But you're in a business and I'm sure you've done things and I'm not even saying illegal things. I'm not saying anything like that, but just at your job, you've probably done some things that you didn't want to do, but you had to because it was part of your job. And what you did helped create, generate income for the company that you work for. So put the record out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, just put it out because it's going to work. It's going to benefit you. It's, it's, here's the thing about Q's album is it came out at the worst time. Mm. We didn't even talk about this with Jay-Z's record. Nobody heard Jay-Z's record because he dropped it on Thursday night. And on Thursday night, everybody's eyes and ears were focused on Dallas. Right. So people didn't even hear it or it was an afterthought. And because people aren't really trying to hear this right now in July, Q needs to, Q probably needs to let it do what it does let his fan base support and all that stuff. And like you said, around September, October, hopefully things calm down. There's a, there's a low period, whatever, whatever. And he can come back out with another type of record. Maybe even this record. And it'll work. If he comes out with this record like in September, mid-September, he's fine. Right. It'll still be warm enough. So, yeah.
1: Speaking of taking content and then technically executing it right, by any means, produced by Cardo. Um. So Kendrick's on this, even though he's sort of uncredited. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he's on a couple of records on this he album. He is.
1: He's on a couple of records, but they don't really they're not really listing him as a feature, which I don't really understand, but okay.
0: Well probably because he doesn't want the featuring Kendrick Lamar mm. looks. He probably wants to separate himself.
1: So here's a case where, you know, the the concept of this is basically like because Q grew up. Where he grew up, he's justified by his environment to do whatever he wants by any means. They took that idea, but then they made it catchy, mm-hmm. which is what hip-hop has, has a history of doing. Yeah. And this song is a little bit of a slow glo- slow grower, but I think it works. Mm. Um, I like the chemistry that him and Kendrick have together.
0: Mm-hmm. They do have good chemistry. Right.
1: I think they set, set, set off each other nicely. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of wish we had more Schoolboy Q on uh, on Kendrick's last album. I think there are spots where he might have worked.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm only saying it because I love To Pimp a Butterfly*. I love it. I love it as is. Uh, Some so of those records are still great. L- Some of those records are not.
1: Let's talk about the song you previously talked about, which is *Dope Dealer*, uh, featuring E40, produced by Southside and Metro. Ooh. <laughs> um, I like this B.
0: I like the B too. Yeah, it's,
1: it's kind of just weird enough to work. Hmm. Um. Now you know how I feel about E40. Hmm. I think this actually works.
0: I actually don't like E40 on this record, <laughs> and I and I'm an E. I am an do not want to call it E40 fan, but there are some E40 songs that I really, really, really like.
1: It it's almost so not good that it's good. If that kind of makes sense, like it just kind of like he kind of like his flow just kind of like slows the record down in a weird way. Hmm. But it, I think also as a counterpoint to Schoolboy's energy, mm-hmm. it works. Like, if you've got a schoolboy on a record, I don't need somebody who also sounds like schoolboy on record. But I think E40, I don't know. I don't mind E40 on this. I know <laughs> I've heard from, <laughs> I've heard from people, um, this is not, not their favorite E40 record.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I've heard better E40 guest verses, honestly. I don't mind E40 having resurgences. I mean, Jesus, the, the man has been making music since 80, what, 88, 87. Um, and to pretty, still pretty have much prompt, Pretty much rapping,
1: pretty much rapping the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, I, I like the valleys and peaks of uh, of E40's career. I don't mind them not whatsoever. I'm just not crazy about him on this record. Mm. I think this beat is so dope. I just don't want to hear him on it. I could have heard Rocky on this. Honestly, this could have been the Rocky and Q record. Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, where's Rocky?
0: In Europe, somewhere trying pants on. Oh, <laughs> that's not slander. Come on, I'm the I'm the IG model. I was just gonna say.
1: It's no slander. mr aspiring instagram <laughs> model. please please make sure all right, when you when you have your sponsored post you have to hashtag ad right um so when you when you break out the teeth whitening or the, or the, <laughs> the belly flattening tea or <laughs> <laughs> ah funny guy oh uh, <laughs> it takes some sleep. i was gonna say Teeth Partner wants to sponsor collaborating speakers. I might have that conversation.
0: Yeah, come on, man. How so? How else are we going to? Uh, they're gonna They're gonna smell our breath through the through the through listening to the to the show. We have right. to, you know, teeth right. got to be on point because right. all of a
1: sudden every 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 picture that comes out of, out of my trip to Columbus suddenly we're gonna have like on the counter in the background is going to be some teeth whitening or whatever, you know. Of course.
0: Well, I mean, you and you're a tea connoisseur, so, you know, the flat tummy tea is like right up your (laughs) (laughs) alley.
1: Do people really think drinking tea is going to flatten their stomach?
0: Lazy people do. Lazy people.
1: You know, like, I don't want to run. I don't Mm want to go to the gym. I don't want to change my diet. You know what helps flatten your stomach? Working out and eating better in a lot of time. And then even then... (laughs) Your genetics might just make it that it's not happening. It's just not going to happen. Right. You could be in great shape. It might carry a little something around. the, You know, like sometimes your genetics just work out that way. And sometimes your genetics work out that you could eat terribly and you're still skinny. That's me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my life. Oh, but see, for you, that, you're, that might all come crashing down. Like you, might, you, you might wake nah, up I'm, one day at like 35, 36 and all of a sudden you're like, oh,
0: Yeah. I mean, just the fact that I have to get like an ergonomic assessment in my, in my office for my new job is like, it's alarming. Let me so, tell you
1: right now, just get the standing desk. See, and I thought about that. Life-changing. I have one in my home office. I have two desks. I have my sit-down desk where I have my Ableton Push and I got the mic and I got this all set up, but then I have my work desk that's standing. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I don't like standing up for long periods of time. Right. So get one, like the ones that you get, you can adjust them up or down so you can mix it up. And then you got to get, they have anti-fatigue mats that you stand on. Okay. And it's nice and cushiony. Okay. You get used to it. Like it's like anything else. You almost have to like build your legs up for it. Okay. But. Okay. Nah, for me, made all the difference in the world.
0: Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look into it. Cause you know, my, my supervisor is pretty much like, you know, get what you, get whatever you want. I was like, all right are you sure? <laughs>
1: You're like, I need three screens. <laughs>
0: Cause I'm the guy, I'm the guy who leaves the job and takes all the. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that on the we're, show. We're right.
1: cutting that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he's joking. Anyway, uh, anything else you want to say about dope dealer? Nope. All right. Uh, John Muir, I think how you pronounce the song. Um, it's the next track. Um, produced by Soundwave and Adrian young. Um, again, these beats, I'll give him credit. This is going to sound great in the fall. This beat is ridiculously hard, um, and I actually love what they, what they do on the hook, where you got this really hard beat, this really hard song, and all of a sudden you get this nice little sax on the hook, you get some singing on the hook, and it totally changes the feel. I appreciate yeah. that. It's not yeah. just you know boom, 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 boom. You get a little, you get a switch up. Yeah, but um, but I like the song a lot. This is um, same sample as Jay Z's "Where I'm From," which is a common thing lately. It is. I, th- I'm, am I in the
0: minority of people who never really liked that record? <gasps> Yeah, I'm not crazy about where I'm from.
1: <sighs> breathing deeply. <sighs> Are you crazy?
0: Nope. Just nothing crazy about it.
1: That beat is ridiculous. Nah. The
0: sample's hard. Jay is ridiculous on that. No, okay. So maybe it's one of those, it's, it's in PSA territory where like, I've seen oh. so many Jay shows live where well, I don't think it's that great in his catalog for mm-hmm. him to perform it as much and as often as, as he does and for people to reference it in the way that they do. Mm. That's, that's, that's better to say. There's plenty of Jay-Z records that I wish he would perform more. I mean, he did Where I'm From during title B-sides. Why? I, I mean, technically, it probably was a B-side. I got a reference. I got there a was? reference. That.
1: I know I had a video. Well, it was part of Streets is Watching.
0: Streets is watching. So I get it. It's technically a B-side, but I don't want to hear that. You're performing that as much as Big Pimpin'.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, he could do Front of Foe 98.
0: Totally could do Front of Foe 98.
1: One of my favorite Jay-Z songs.
0: Do both. Do Front of Foe and then do 98 right
1: 98 after. 98's better than, the first, than number one, I think. Uh, it's the beat. 98 is, uh, is primo at his peak. Peak primo. Peak primo. 97, 98. Yeah, peak Primo, um, you know.
0: I wish I would have heard Coming of Age. Did him and Bleak do Coming of Age at Title B-Sides? I, I just, don't think so. I
1: just laugh when I hear Coming of Age. <laughs> Why? I mean, it's it's almost like it's not quite Nas and AZ, the essence, but like. <laughs> nah, like it's, your it's style. Mutu- no. A,
0: I like your style. It's a mutual admiration society. <laughs> sure. I think if you and I did a record, that would pretty much be what we would do. <laughs> we would just be complimenting each other over a sample in a, a drum
1: loop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like two people after you. No, after <laughs> you. No, I insist. Oh the, no, um,
0: the uh, the Looney Tunes with the the two squirrels. You and know, they were like they had a lot of manners. No, am no, I going to deep? I, okay,
1: yeah, you you went you went deep, catalog.
0: That's fine. I'm. You know, that's 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 what I do, baby. I'm. You're the Looney Tunes expert. We're in the yeah, we're in third and fourth albums. That's that's what that's what we
1: are. Um, L- let's talk about let's talk about Big Body featuring Dog Pound. Oh God, this record is terrible. Produced by Tyler. Whoa, hold on. First of all, this this record is not terrible.
0: No, it's um, not.
1: First of all, Tyler goes funky. Mm. Oh. You know what I, I think it is a sort of like Tyler filtered through Pharrell interpretation of West Coast music. And that probably just irks the heck out of
0: you. Yeah, it's like if you're going to do and I'm not even gonna say like if, if yeah, you're if gonna, gonna
1: do, do if you're gonna do quick, do quick.
0: I mean like because I was going you don't have to necessarily get quick battle cat jelly roll you don't have to get those guys to do that sort of sound but again do it well
1: oh uh, see i like this beat
0: yeah nah i'm the, good the i don't con- like
1: the content is dumb
0: but and i don't i don't like corrupt on fast beats either that's another thing
1: oh that's interesting
0: yeah corrupt is good at like a l- at the lower 80s
1: he could have given corrupt one of these like a guess guess the on one of these grimy records exactly yeah 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 he could have you could see, see if you can get ni- 1998 corrupt.
0: The funny part is, is I like happy corrupt better than like lyrical, smirical corrupt.
1: You like Believe- if, you, if you can freak it corrupt. N-
0: yes. One of my favorite songs ever that's, easily. That's an overrated record. Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, first off, corruption has that in Seawalk. Seawalk is a crazy record. Um, the streets is a mother is one of my favorite West coast albums ever. Um, I Ain't Ish Without My Homeboys, Welcome Home. These are very happy West Coast beats. Yeah, yeah I was going to cool. say, when I think of Streets as a mother, I just think of Trilogy. I was going to say, Trilogy's there. Trilogy's classic, um, but there are other records on that album. Yeah, I call Shots as dope. I call Shots as dope as well. Oh, yep. Girls All pause. I don't like Girls All Oh, hey! Yeah, I don't like Girls All pause. It's too goofy. Like, sometimes West... <laughs> See, because... Because <laughs> 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 sometimes, like, West Coast, like, Cali dudes are kind of, like... Corny, mm-hmm. and it's like corny Cali dude music. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just I'm just alienated. I was the gonna say. Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna book a show in California and I'm gonna get jumped. We're like, single
1: handedly be- reuniting the, the East Coast West Coast you right now. Of course, we, there
0: somebody do a freestyle and diss me over East Coast Killer West Coast Killer. I'm I'm up for it.
1: <laughs> I uh, when I was listening to Bad Boy Mixtape Volume One, I completely forgot about. Uh, real gangsters do real things, I'll call it. Um, Biggie? Yeah. Yep. And uh, I was like, I'm listening to him like, wait a minute. This is his verse from Notorious. hmm Oh, he recycled that verse a <gasps> I, few times. <laughs> I was like, Look, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's that terrible Duran Duran sample? What's going on now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That record is bad. Um, but do you remember the remix? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: It's not even the same thing, but I couldn't resist
0: didn't they do it didn't they do a remix of notorious on that oh they did they really hold up um, like biggie had no like no unreleased songs like biggie had like four un, unreleased records and they like just did them twice and three times over on born again and duets it's terrible
1: yeah so notorious is from that is from born again okay
0: yeah that was the single <laughs> well the first single was dead wrong I mean, that was like, was that this, like,
1: did that have a video for it? Did it? Yes, it did. Did but it? Yeah, it did. They didn't play Eminem's verse during the video, though. Of course not. Well, not hold on.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not saying because it was a bad verse. This is just Eminem in 1999. That's after his big break. It is. They probably weren't trying to pay Eminem that
1: money. He, he destroys that verse, though. He does. I mean, there's a lot of showy... Marshall oh. Mathery going on.
0: Marshall Mathery.
1: Agreed. <laughs> like him, him and Royce, they're always showy.
0: But when him and Royce want to like
1: turn left and rap, they can rap. It has there, it, there needs to be like a, a 30 for 30 equivalent for hip hop. Because I need a story on what happened to Royce the 5'9". Don't do this. Between 99 and 2001. Don't do this. Would you watch that and cry? <laughs> Roy,
0: 9901 Royce is one of my favorite MCs ever. King of Kings? Oh,
1: God. Oh.
0: Uh, if you're on YouTube, go on YouTube, and. or if you're on YouTube, people are just listening to our show on YouTube. Better not be paying attention. So go to YouTube, pause this right now, go to YouTube and search Royce the Five Nines and Tech Freestyle one of the greatest verses ever i had i i went to ULA, uh (laughs) pasted the lyrics in microsoft word printed them out cut them out put them in my locker Woo! dedicate i used to this is how nerdy i was (laughs) every i used to have a verse of the month like the source in my locker so every month i would like cut out did you did you have a fat tape too um, no, I would change out. I would go like two. This is one of the dumbest things ever. I used to cut up those source magazines. I'm such an idiot. I wish I would have kept those. But I would uh, cut up like maybe a source magazine two, two issues back and like switch them out every quarter. L- Unless there was like a picture that I had to have in a locker, like uh, Soleil's ad for her album.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: back Soleil. When, Soleil, the, the, so, you know, like if you listen, you, you know. Um, the you have
1: Mercedes.
0: Um, no, though, uh, that's a classic and okay. go to Mia X's Instagram because she posted pic- recent pictures of Mercedes, which is hilarious and great at the same time. No, that was a little too much only because, um, we couldn't have anything crazy hanging up in our locker. And that was crazy back then. Right. So we couldn't, we couldn't, but you know, <laughs> you know, you know what that album cover is anyway.
1: We went from something that wrong. Schoolboy Q. Um, all right, so you don't like Big Body? No. Nope. Uh, Never Change, uh, featuring SZA, produced by Dahi. It record is okay. I, I like it. Um, it's not. Actually, I say this much. I, I think I actually really like SZA on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the switch up, like not just from Big Body, but from the album in general. Mm-hmm. This is a different type of record for Schoolboy to rap on, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like I wish that this had different drums on it. Yeah, because when the drums come in like a minute in, you kind of you're waiting for like Dahi to really like blow you away. Yep. And instead, it's just like, okay. they sound
0: like um, and this is no this is no diss because there are plenty of producers getting money on SoundCloud and YouTube. Um, But it sounds like those schoolboy Q type beats that have tags in them every 10 seconds. Like, that's, that's what these drums sound like. Mm. They're just not... It sound it sound. This sounds like a least beat.
1: Oof. Oof. Yeah. It's better than that.
0: No. Yeah,
1: it is. All right. Uh, straight ballin'. Look, I get the... Paying a little homage to Pac here, a couple different ways. Uh, it's produced by Nez and Rio. I mean, frankly, I like this beat better when Aesop Rocky made it three years ago. Um,
0: <laughs> here's here's a question. This, Why is, are a,
1: we... this is a rip-off Aesop Rocky beat.
0: Why are we still making tributes to Tupac?
1: I mean, it's been twenty years. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're 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 about to go later this year to a, a Bad Boy anniversary like show, concert. And
0: that's fine, but there were periods of time where Bad Boy was um, irrelevant. Adjacent. You know what I'm saying? Like where Puffy wasn't always on on somebody's mind or right. even Biggie wasn't really on somebody's mind. Now if you were having certain types of discussions, sure. But people just randomly bring up Tupac. Why do I want to hear a Tupac dedication from Schoolboy Q? Why?
1: Because that's I I think that <laughs> I think that American so culture. I like <laughs> don't <leopard. laughs> uh, <no. laughs> uh, I think that there's an American fascination with Artists of any genre and any type of artistry who die young. Absolutely. When it's still romantic. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You you could say James Dean. You could say uh, Kurt Cobain. You could say Tupac Shakur. Yeah. I think that's part of it.
0: Yeah. That's it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Okay. Now, Tupac fans, what would you have done when uh, Tupac does a record with Jazzy Faye and it's not (laughs) it's because he wants to do one.
1: Right. Instead, they're like, well, he would have never done that. Because when, you know, for Tupac and Biggie, we can all imagine, although with Biggie, it's a little harder because Puff almost went out of his way to, like, recreate what would have been Biggie's, like, midlife crisis as a rapper. And, like, his... (laughs) What what would it sound like if Biggie made terrible choices? Well, let's find out! Like, okay, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm tweeting it right now. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Puff. Um, I really could really could have gone my life without hearing Jazzy Fizzle, fizzle Productions with Biggie. Um, you know, we, we never really got to hear them that way, so we get to imagine them as they always were at their best. Right. So you know, I mean, like imagine if right after Blueprint, if Jay passes away. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't ever hear '30s and New '20. <laughs> right but we also don't
0: hear American Dreaming sure we don't hear so I'm not
1: look I'm not saying that right obviously there's been benefit I know I know there's been a benefit obviously that goes without saying but you know you have fewer of the misses in the catalog you know what I mean Mm mhm so the my problem isn't the Tupac tribute here it's just that this isn't a very good song right I don't like the hook at all the beat yeah. like I said ASAP Rocky made it it was called Level it's like the same concept it's like almost the same beat um yeah uh We'll we'll try to try to get through this pretty quickly here. Uh Black Thoughts produced by Willie B. Um I think Kendrick's on the hook here too. Yeah. Um I like this one. Um I like this beat. It's a little different. Um I think this song is gonna age well. And again and now we finally, you know, uh, another switch up where like at the be I feel like there was a whole run of songs where he was I felt like he was rapping about pretty similar stuff. And you know, he's 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 talking about, you know, he's talking about the state of his community. Yeah. Um, this is a good one. I feel like this one, like when, we, when you think back, like when, when I revisit this album later this year, I feel like this one will, will age nicely. Mm. Uh, anything, anything about that one? I'll keep going. No. Uh, Blank Face uh, featuring Anderson Pac again. Um, this is more of an Anderson Pac song than a Schoolboy Q song, um, but I like it. Um, all of a sudden, I'm thinking I need to listen to this Anderson Pac album. Um, the baseline on this is ridiculous.
0: Uh, There's some really, you know what? And I'll say this in a positive way. Um, The the added, we haven't talked about this at all, but the added live instrumentation on some of these records is really good.
1: Yeah, sometimes that can be hit
0: or miss. I know Um, you're you're not a you're not a live musician guy
1: as much. Right, right. I I think you have to. I think, um, I think you have to be able to do it well. And I think we are now at a place in hip hop where that's not a problem. People can do it well. Yeah. I feel like the early years of uh, of at least I'll say this, the early years of th- people not on the West Coast doing live instrumentation we a struggle. Yeah. Um I feel like it's just a difference in sound. You know? Um, although it's weird. Like I I think it's more a case of like people trying to do too much. Like, cause if you if you yeah. think about it, like go back and listen to like I don't know, go back and listen to Liquid Swords. Like, Rizzo's playing keyboards all over that. <laughs> but he wasn't trying to like recreate a Justice League orchestra, you know what I mean? He was idea- like,
0: <laughs> "Go ahead." I know, I know. I say, I know you. I know you stand That's one of your goats, and I yes. get it. But the image of <laughs> Riza playing, <laughs> playing it just it, it just screams keyboard cats to me, <laughs> like Phantom of the Opera. I mean, like so he's he's got like a half moon mask, except it's the, the, it's half of the Bobby Digital mask. Or it's like, no, it's like the half of the W. Half the w. <laughs> so it just curls up. He's, He's got a it's yellow. Though. Of course he has a cape. <laughs> and it's black and yellow. <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do>. Of course. <laughs> and he, he cannot play the keyboard without putting on the cape in the mask.
1: <laughs> We need to wrap this show up. We're getting a little crazy. Blank face is dope. Um, I like Anderson Pac on here. I kind of wish there was more Schoolboy to balance it out, but I yeah, really yeah, like this yeah. beat. Um, I like this song. Um, yeah, like this
0: record, and this, this is one of the records that I do remember. Um, I felt like Anderson pa- either just, was either playing them a bunch of records or probably this, Dre, and just him, period. He just, he just comes off like a musician where he just like, he creates haphazardly.
1: Right.
0: So he probably just has references and roughs all over the place. Yeah. And he's just like, yo, how about this? What if you did this? What if you did this? Sort of like in a James Foneroy sort of, sort of way. Um, and Q was probably just like, I'm just going to keep all this and just rap on it. And that's what that felt like. But I agree with you. I wish there would have been more Q on this because it felt like Anderson .Paak featuring Q.
1: Mm. So uh, we're almost done here. Uh, Overtime featuring Miguel and Justine Sky, produced by Cardo and Frank Dukes. So apparently Interscope lobbied for this song. Hmm. Um, they, uh, they helped and they, and they were like, and we, we, you should really work with, with Miguel and, um, Justine Sky Cause they were, um, they wanted, they wanted him, they, they were concerned. He didn't have a radio hit on here. Mm, um, okay. Sc- school book. He was even quoted as, uh, calling this a, a bootleg version of studio.
0: Mm. <laughs> so he obviously doesn't like the
1: song. Uh, he, th- he feels like, all right, he gets why it's here, but like, and it's funny when you listen to it, like he really could not care at all about the, the way he's rapping on the song. Mm. Now, here's what I don't get. How are you going to be put like, okay, so the label's like, yeah, we need something like studio and you get Miguel. The hook is like M- Miguel and Kendrick Lamar together mm-hmm. and they're singing. I want to F right now. Like. Do I have a different understanding of what a radio record is? Right. And then this isn't exactly like there are other like <laughs> you might as well do you could do dope dealer, you could do whatever you want. You could you could do a whole you could do a couple other records on here that are I think actually would sound better on the radio. Mhm. Um I don't I, I don't I don't see this one. Now maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I didn't see it on Studio either just because I'm blinded by the fact that it's a song called Studio about being in the studio which is like one of my pet peeves, but um, I missed on Studio. Maybe I'll miss on this one. I don't know. What did you think about this one? Did it did it hit you at all?
0: Um, I wanted to like this record hmm. because I like Miguel, even though his last album didn't really hit me the way that his previous two did. Um, I wanted to like this record. Hmm. It, ironically, it's like a better version of Studio because <laughs> I don't like Studio. It's like a better version because it's not about the Studio, <laughs> but it's still about Like, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get on my rant because I I realized I was talking to a a homegirl of mine the other day and we were we were out and this guy pulls up in like a Land Rover or Escalade or something like that. And I'm like, yo, I'm really like about to be this guy. So this is like the the black guy in his mid to late 30s who blasts sappy R&B music by himself. Mm-hmm. This has become my life. So when you listen to those older '80s, '70s, '80s, and '90s R&B records, you know what you know what they're talking about. Like they're just dis- they're disgusting, they're filthy. I always say most R&B dudes are creeps, but it wasn't blatant. Like, hey, girl, I want to f right now. Yeah. Maybe that works nowadays. Maybe I'm on some Frank Lucas stuff when he got out of jail, American Gangster, and everything was different. Yeah, but. You know, like, that wasn't really how you did it. And that kind of, that's so prevalent in today's R&B. Like, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't want to mess with a girl who, like, wanted that yeah. at first.
1: You know, these <laughs> kids, man, they're catching Pokemon with their phones and they
0: Listen, man. <laughs> Listen, yo, so I got a, I have a friend that I work with. Who I hang out with and, and we were on break and we're sitting outside on break and she like gets up and is like, yo, there's a blah, 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 whatever the terminology was. And she's running across the field because where I work at, there's like a big field on the side of the building. She runs across the field with her phone out to capture this Pokemon. Yeah. Crazy.
1: They're making so, going to make so much money.
0: They, I heard, I heard uh, they generated like $7 billion or $7 well, million or something so, like that. Some
1: of that is Nintendo's stock price went up so much. Okay. There it is. Um, because people are like, oh, look at this. Like, people have gone crazy for it. Yeah. Um, I know a bunch of people who, who, are, who are playing it. I never got into Pokemon. I think I just somehow mm-hmm. missed that. So- uh, the,
0: yeah. So, there's my question. So, when did Pokemon pop? Like, 98, 99, 2000, something like that? 99 and 2000. 99 for the 99 to 2000. So I remember in '95 when Power Rangers were at their peak, feeling like I was too old to like Power Rangers. So if I was too old to like Power Rangers, I'm absolutely not into Pokemon at all. I feel like I missed that wave by like a good six or seven years. Am I tripping?
1: I think part of it too is like because it kind of started. You know, like it's one of those things where like if you had if you were like. You know, playing on Nintendo platforms at that time, like you might have played the game, like you might have get into it or whatever. But I hear from people like I don't know, like I mean, I'm not, I'm not really looking to do that right now, like play the game. But I hear a lot of people who are trying it out. They like it just because it's like a thing to do, and that's part of it. Of like, course. Part, well, like, I don't knock like that. Like sometimes it's kind of cool. Like okay, let's try this out. Let's see what this is. Sure. Um. But anyway, I, back to your con, back to what you're saying about R and B people. I think, it, I think it applies to hip hop too. Like, um, again on that same playlist where Ain't No Fun came on, uh, OPP came on.
0: Yeah, I didn't know what they were talking about until I was like
1: twelve. Right, right. They go out of their way. Like that whole song is basically like a giant wink. Like, hey, guys, do you know? Like, you know, it's really <laughs> yeah. And it was a like it was a smash hit. Smack- I mean, you know, Jackson Five sample, which right. of course, like hearing it now versus hearing it then. Like, I hear it now, and I'm like, wow, they really. Like, you know, you ever heard the phrase, like, use all parts of the cow? Like, they really use all parts of the cow on that. Like, they use yeah. all sorts of, they, they pay for that sample and they pay, they're like, okay,
0: we're taking it. I was going to say, like, I wonder how much they're eating off of OPP because of how
1: much they used right. on, on that record. But um, yeah, I agree. But no, like, that's, that's another example. Like, you know, I think that's just, I think that's just, honestly, it's just a cultural and generational difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, maybe you just want to get right to the point. I want F right now. Sure, I don't have time to make a three minute song trying to hint at what OPP means.
0: Get oh, it right. oh, Here she is. <laughs> I want to get it over with it's uh It's when uh Homer had to assume uh the identity of Mr. Thompson and he was trying to wink. you remember that? He's like, when I tap my foot and wink and I say, "Hello, Mr. Thompson, you say, "How are you?" And he didn't get it, so he had to, the, the cop just had to tell him, "You're Mr. Thompson now. I didn't really no? watch a lot of Simpsons oh, oh, some no. one of our listeners. <laughs> One of you will understand me.
1: Whatever. And the final song in here is uh Tuki Nose Two featuring TF and Traffic. Um, Yo, this beat is stupid. Beat's a little sleepy. Not my favorite. Um, I know it's not really the point. Uh, tra- Traffic and TF are not the dopest rappers. But I am well, they I, I think dudes. he wants to
0: go for the. Uh, yeah, so I think he wanted to go for the. Hey guys, these right. are real gang members. Sort right, of the right, the, right, the, right, right. the YG approach.
1: Right. These are his dudes um yeah i don't know i mean i i do appreciate um it's weird like if you if you actually like let this play all the way out like the fact that he's talking about like like the very last thing you hear on this album is he's gangbanging we might die for this i actually think that's kind of a poignant way to end the album mm. but i don't want to have to get through that whole song to get to that point mm. but it's actually kind of my one of my problems like this is a this, is, this feels like a long album it's 74 minutes but it's 17 tracks Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. Some of these tracks have multiple parts. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Shocking. I'm saying this This could be trimmed. <laughs> could be trimmed. Um, <laughs> could be shorter. What could can I be. say? Um, shocking. I know. Um, yeah. I I think that overall, I feel like this could be really consistent. I feel like that whole run of really hard joints at the beginning. I feel like if you kind of switch that, if you, if I, God, I'm really hitting all the bingo board car, squares tonight. If you sequence this differently, <laughs> I feel like it would matter because it's yeah. like you've got up at, like the first six tracks are like one thing. And then now after that, like you're going sort of fairly level and then you're doing these swerves, right? One minute it's the, it's whatever you want. And the next minute it's, you know, John Muir, then you're going like never change, You go straight on, like you're all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't quite get the feeling of this, but I'm not mad at this album. I don't, I don't know about this album yet because I... I, this is not a July record, yeah, yeah, I
0: agree, okay, I agree, but it's one of those things where it's like um God, I'm trying to think of another example. I mean we, we talked about um Anderson pock's album, um, it's weird, like Rihanna did a great job, and Drake would have done a better job if views was more trimmed of making and releasing an album right at the right time, um, because the thing that makes a seasonal album, a seasonal album is that you have to release it early enough for the audience to become familiar with the records. Right. So by the time the summer hits or by the time the the season hits, now you're familiar with these records. Right. Um, So now they become soundtracks. You're not listening to them to figure out if you like them or not. You love them. And now you want to assign them to uh, moments in your life. So, um, you know, I think Rihanna did a great job with that, putting out the album in what, March, April, something like that, March. So she had enough records to blow up and sort of gain attention. And Work was a really good, you know, late winter, early spring record. And, you know, Now Needed Me is a really good summer record. Um, And she's got other records that can like take her through this time next year. Um, but with this, it can't. As you said, just a wrap that in a very heavy, long-winded way. This should have came out in August, September. This is way too early. But I think he has a chance to redeem himself because there, there's some records that I could see potentially working for him. Yeah. Um, just letting everything that's going on in our culture. Hopefully, it dies down, and people are ready to be reintroduced to this record casual people are ready to be reintroduced to this record and he can do what he did with oxymoron and stretch this out for a year because that was admirable um, as an artist to watch another artist stretch out a record especially when most artists nowadays want to put out music all the time Mm. and they don't understand the concept of working a record like well this record popped on the blogs for a couple weeks time to put out something else like no most people work records for six to eight months before they blow up, unless you have a machine behind you and you can pull a Rihanna and get top 40 to play your record every hour on the hour for an entire day. 99% of artists don't have that luxury. So you have to work your record and Schoolboy did a great job of working his last album. And I hope he can work this one just as well, if not better.
1: So two quick things that we haven't talked about this week. Um, I know we've been going for a while. Um, Real quick, um, if you haven't heard it, um, guy who I'm a big fan of his work, Francis and the Lights put out a video. Oh, yeah, your guy. Yeah. With, uh, with Bonnie Iver and Kanye makes a cameo. Um, it's called Friends. If you, if you're familiar with the chance, with the chance record, Summer Friends, Summer Friends actually samples this, but Summer Friends came out first. Mm. Um, this was, this has been like in the works for a little while. But um videos really minimal. Um I like it. It's a good record. Um it's very um it's a very lighthearted because he's got he's got Justin Vernon from Bonnie Iver out there trying to do like synchronized dance steps and it's kinda hilarious. So mm. um check that out uh if you haven't already. It's um all the streaming services, YouTube, et cetera. Um and we didn't talk about your man Joe Budden. Yep. Uh so just checking in, it is uh, July eleventh. Has Drake responded yet? <laughs> Nope. Uh, will Drake respond? Um, if this French record comes out,
0: kind of, but Joe's responding to a record that hasn't been released yet.
1: I feel like Joe's responding to his responses now.
0: Yeah, because, well, okay, so here's one thing I know about Joe in following him for so many years and standing him for an extended period of time. When Joe, because Joe was on Periscope on Friday night and he played three more disc records, on top of the two that are already out. (laughs) Knowing Joe, these aren't like, all right, I got to keep putting out stuff. Joe just is like a stream of conscious on steroids. And he probably did all of those like in a weekend or an extended weekend session where he just had them. And now it's like, all right, we've got these six or seven disc records. um, What order should we put them out in?
1: That's a lot of disc Um, records. Yeah.
0: And the crazy, one of the records samples uh, the resistance from Thank Me Later, and it's hard. Mm. Like he, he delves more into the push a T stuff. Uh, he says something like, uh, like you, push button, you push buttons, but you wouldn't push a T or something. Like, the line was hard. So, for me, I understand why people are like, you're doing too much, you look bad. I get it. I totally get it. But one of my favorite rappers is rapping again, and that's really all I care about. And if it's at Drake's Drake's expense, oh, well, that's fine. Um, I just want him to rap. And also in that Periscope session, he played his album with A-Rap music, and it sounds really, really, really good. And I am just I just want him to rap again. So, yeah. But yeah. Wake—and I, I guess this is the last thing I'll say. Uh, Wake was a better diss than Making a Murder. Yes, but— Given what happened, uh, like the same day that he put it out, nobody heard it.
1: He would have been better off with Wake first. I agree. Um, I, I think I think it really just boils down to how much tolerance do hip hop fans have for Joe to really go after Drake? Mm-hmm. If they if they really want to see him win, then he's got a lot of he's got a lot of room. If they get tired of it, it could go quickly from yeah, Joe's rapping again to will somebody shut him up?
0: Yeah. And I think Joe is, he's such a polarizing character where people either love him or hate him. So you're going to have those two sides. Right, right, right. And especially the fact that he's battling the uh, most popular artists, one of the most popular artists in the world right now. True. So, and he, who has his own legion of fans, much like Joe does, but to a much larger scale. So you're you're gonna have both, um, but yeah,
1: yeah. And I think um, to me, I, you know, the whole like why hasn't he responded yet or anything like that. I mean, I know as hip hop fans, we probably see them as relatively like we don't see them as being too far apart or whatever. But like Meek Mill was Meek Mill is dating Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. He's way more well known in the popular sort of consciousness than Joe Budden is. Yeah, but I don't I don't know if everybody realizes that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if hip hop fans really, really see that. So, like, Drake had to do something with with me. Meek was big enough, Drake, and and it was a big enough of a thing that he had to do something.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Especially if he knew, I will say, and that was a very particular case where if he knew that there were, that, that that stuff was going to be played, that, that there were, you know, roughs out there and stuff like that, that's, you have to kind of get ahead of that. Mm -hmm. But if all Joe has is, the same, like if all, I mean, whether or not he's rapping well or whatever, but if there's no like damaging new revelation or anything, then what, you know, the worst thing he could do is draw attention to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. The best thing for Drake to do is not do anything. Don't
1: do anything. Yep. Okay.
0: But I think Drake, and we've talked about how calculated Drake is. I think he knows that.
1: Yeah. But could his rapper ego get in the way? I mean, right, because it got in the way on the album, because he was writing. to I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, he was dissing a lot of people on views, mm-hmm. so very possible.
1: All right, man. Uh, anything else you want to say this week? Uh, no.
0: Just expect to uh, hear some stuff from me soon.
1: Mm. And uh, we are not recording next week. Just letting y'all know right now, I will be out in Utah taking care of my mom. She's getting uh, knee surgery, and we will be back maybe in two weeks. Depends if there's something to talk about. It's summertime. Yeah. We're not pushing anything. There's something nope. worth talking about. Obviously, we'll talk about it, but enjoy the show while you, you know, enjoy the show.